Crenshaw, Chapter 21 If you ever have to live in your car, you are going to have some problems with feet. Especially if you're stuck in there with your little sister and your mom and your dad and your puppy and your imaginary friend. There are many kinds of feet problems. Stinky dad feet, the magic marker smell of nail polish on your mom's toes because she says she still wants to look nice, so please just deal with it. Sister feet, kicking you just as you're falling asleep. The scratchy surprise of dog feet, trying to wake you up. Imaginary friend feet, tiptoeing on your head. I thought hard about the feet problem. Finally, I came up with a plan. What's the worst that can happen, is how I figured it. What I did is I took a cardboard TV box we found behind Walmart. I smushed it flat. I drew on the outside of the box and the inside, too. I only had three markers and one dried out when the cap fell under the back seat. So it was mostly just red dogs with blue eyes and blue cats with red eyes. I put stars on the inside. They seemed like a good thing to think about before you went to sleep. Every night I opened up my box and slipped my sleeping bag inside it. When I crawled inside it, I felt like a caterpillar in a cocoon. It was almost like my old room where I could think about where I could think without anyone bugging me. When Robin kicked me in her sleep, she hit the box, which was not exactly the same as kicking me. Unfortunately, Aretha liked to sleep with me, so it could get a little dog breathy. Also, the box didn't help much with the stinky dad feet. I knew we were lucky because we had our old Honda minivan, which had lots of room. I met a kid who lived for a whole year in one of those VW cars. It was red and round like a ladybug and just about as tiny. The poor kid had to sleep sitting up, squished between his two little sisters. Another reason we were lucky was because my sleeping box was just decoration. Some people actually live in boxes on the street. I wasn't looking on the bright side. It's better to have a big car than a little one when you're living in it. And it's better to have a box in a car than a box on a street. Those were just facts. I wasn't like my dad, who kept saying we weren't homeless. We were just car camping. Chapter 22 I didn't think much about the cattail windshield wiper for a while. Things were so weird. I guess I didn't want to add any extra weirdness. Our first night in the minivan was kind of fun. We drove to a park near the Golden Gate Bridge. A man had a telescope to look at the sky, and he showed us the Big Dipper and Orion. Across the water, the lights of San Francisco covered the ground like lazy stars. We were going to just sleep in the parking lot, but a security guy knocked on the window. He told us we had to get moving, and then he waved his flashlight around like a Star Wars lightsaber. We drove to Denny's, a restaurant that's open 24 hours. My mom knew one of the cooks, and he asked the manager if we could park there for just one night. He said yes, and then let us have some pancakes that were too burnt for the customers. We had more burnt pancakes in the morning. By then, everybody was grumpy and sore. Only Aretha was in a good mood. She loves pancakes. My parents didn't have any work schedule that day, so we headed to the pli- public library to kill time and wash up. My mom and dad took turns staying outside with Aretha. It's dangerous to leave a dog in a hot car. The library had air conditioning and soft chairs. The bathrooms were clean, which was a nice plus. I never used to think about things like, is a bathroom clean or not? Whenever I took a bath, my mom would say, here comes Hurricane Jackson, because I made such a mess. One of my favorite bath experiments is about something scientists call buoyancy. 
Will it float is what I call it. It can get a little messy, but it's very interesting. For example, if you drop a mostly full bottle of ketchup in the tub, it will not float. But it will turn the water an awesome color. It will also annoy your mom. We stayed at the library most of the day. The librarian in the children's department even shared her sandwich with Robin and me. She had Ritz crackers, too, and she gave all of those to Robin. After that, Robin decided she was going to be a librarian when she grew up. If the animal scientist thing doesn't work out, I might become a librarian, too. Chapter 23 We'd only been living in our van for four days when somebody stole my mom's purse, which had most of our money in it because my dad's wallet was falling apart. After we told the policeman, he wanted to know our address, so if they found the money, they could give it back. We were between addresses, is what my mom told him. Ah, said the policeman. He nodded like he'd figured out a hard math problem. My parents and the policeman talked for a while. He gave them the address of two homeless shelters where people can sleep at night. The dads go to one place and the moms and kids go to another, he explained. No way, said my dad. Not happening. Robin said, we are car camping. The policeman looked at Aretha, who was licking his shiny black shoe. He said that no animals were allowed at either shelter. I asked if that included puppies. Sadly, he said. I told him my teacher, Mr. Vandermeer, had pet rats. Rats are especially not allowed, said the policeman. There are good rats and bad rats, I told him. I said white rats, like the ones my teacher had, Harry and Hermione, were very clean animals, but wild rats could make you sick. Then I told the policeman how Mr. Vandermeer was teaching his rats to play basketball with a teeny ball for a science experiment. Rats are amazingly intelligent. Basketball, the policeman repeated. He looked at my parents like maybe they should be worried about me. Then he gave my mom a little white card with phone numbers on it. Social services, shelters, food pantry, free clinic, he said. Check back with us about the theft. Meantime, hang in there, folks. We were almost to the car when I heard the policeman call, Hey, rat man! I turned around. He waved at me. When I got there, he said, How's their jump shot? The rats, I mean. Not so good, I said, but they're kind of learning. They get treats when they do something right. It's called posit... I couldn't remember. It was two long words. Positive reinforcement? Yep. Yeah, I could use some of that myself, said the policeman. He reached into his pocket and pulled out a crumpled $20 bill. Give this to your dad, he said, but wait until you're in the car. I asked how come I had to wait, because otherwise he'll give it right back to me, the policeman said. How do you know, I asked. I know, he said. When I was inside the car, I gave the money to my dad. He looked like he was going to throw it out the window. I thought maybe he was going to yell at me, but he didn't. He just tapped his fingers on the steering wheel. Tap, tap, tap. Finally, he shoved the bill in his jeans pocket. Looks like dinner's on me, he said softly. Chapter 24 The next day, we dropped my mom at her part-time waitress job. But before she got out of the car, she looked at my dad and said, We have to apply for assistance, Tom. We'll get back on our feet before they deal with all the paperwork, he said. Still. Plus, we probably make too much money to qualify for help. Still. They looked at each other for a few long seconds. Finally, my dad nodded. We went to an office called Social Services to find out about help. 
My dad filled out lots of forms while Robin and I sat on hard orange chairs. Then we went to three hardware stores where my dad put in applications for work. My dad grumbled about all the gas we used up. To cheer him up, I said maybe we could feed the car water instead. He laughed a little, he laughed a little then. Not having enough work is tough work, my dad told my mom when she joined us in the car after her shift. He took a deep breath and blew it out hard, like he was facing a birthday cake with too many candles. Dad, I said, I'm kind of hungry. Me too, buddy, he said. Me too. Almost forgot, my mom said, reaching into her tote bag. I grabbed some of the bagels that the chef was about to throw out. She pulled out a white paper sack. They're pretty stale, though, and they're pumpernickel. Well, that's a start, said my dad. He stared out the window. After a moment, he clapped his hands. Okay, let's get the show on the road. I guess I can't stall any longer. My mom touched his shoulder. Are you sure about this, Tom? He asked. I get my paycheck tomorrow. We could go to the food pantry or the shelter. Nope, I got this, he smiled. But it didn't look like a real smile to me. I'd rather do a little performing than stand in another endless line at some office waiting for a handout. He drove to the back of the restaurant. My dad found a nice clean box in the dumpster. Are you making the begging sign? I asked him. He'd been talking about it off and on with my mom since our money was stolen. Given that I'll be singing for our supper, he said, as he tore the box into pieces. I prefer, I prefer to call it a request for gratuities. What's a gratuity? I asked. A tip. Money you give someone like a waiter, my mom said. When we were young, your dad and I used to be street performers before we had regular gigs. Lots of musicians do it. I've got this down to a science, said my dad. First off, you need a cardboard sign. Then you need a busy intersection. The best corners have long stoplights. It might not hurt to take Aretha, my mom said. People love dogs, I told my dad. I bet you'll make a lot more money with a dog. Can I borrow Marker Jackson, my dad asked. I handed him my blue marker. That guy in the corner by Target, he has a puppy. My dad studied a cardboard rectangle. No prop puppies. Right, God bless at least, said my mom. Everybody writes God bless. Nope, as it happens, I have no idea what God is up to. My mom sighed. <sighs> my dad scribbled something on the cardboard, like he was in a hurry to be somewhere else. He held up the sign and asked what we thought. I didn't answer right away. In second grade, my dad got a D in penmanship, which is how you make your letters. He did not improve with age. What's it say? I asked. Thank you. Looks a lot like, thank you. He shrugged. Even better. Chapter 25 We drove to a busy corner and parked next to a Starbucks. It was a cool and rainy kind of day. Are you sure about this? My mom asked. Let me join you. Won't be the first time I've played an outdoor concert, my dad said. And you can't come with me. Someone needs to stay with the kids. We waited in the minivan watching him as he crossed the street. He had his sign and his guitar, but no Aretha. My dad stood on the lane divider by the left. My dad stood on the lane divider by the left-hand turn signal. He propped his thank you sign against his open guitar case. We couldn't hear him singing. There was too much traffic. He needs to make eye contact. My mom said. The light turned red, and a line of cars formed next to my dad. Someone beeped his horn, and my dad looked over. A driver in a taxi passed him some money. 
The next time the light was red, a driver in a pickup truck gave my dad coins. When the light turned green, people mostly just passed by, their eyes on the road ahead, but a few smiled and nodded. Red, green, red, green. The hour wore on. Then he climbed back into our van. My dad smelled like car exhaust. He passed my mom a handful of wadded-up bills and some coins. Seven lousy bucks and change. It's really starting to come down, my mom said. People don't like to open their windows when it rains. She gazed at the wet dollars. We could try up by the mall. Maybe it's just a bad corner. My dad shook his head. Maybe it's a bad idea. We need the rain, I said, because of the drought and all. Good point, said my dad. Let's look on Jackson's bright side. After a while, the rain slowed to a drizzle. We drove to a park so my mom and Robin could get some fresh air. She said Robin was going stir-crazy. How about you come too, Jackson, my mom asked, as she undid Robin's car seat straps. Nah, too wet, I said. You're both going to get wet, my dad warned. Robin's getting antsy, my mom said. We can dry our clothes on top of the car when the sun comes out. Day just gets better and better. My mom leaned across the seat and kissed my dad's cheek, which was kind of stubbly. Good times, she said. I stayed in our minivan with my dad. Aretha, who smelled a little ripe, was sleeping in the back. I decided to draw a new sign for my dad, a better one, like the one my mom had made for a bathroom door. I tore some cardboard off the end of my sleeping box. Then I made a smiling fish sitting in a canoe. He was holding a fishing pole and wearing a floppy hat. In big letters I wrote, I'd rather be fishing. My dad was dozing in the driver's seat. His eyes were closed, but he wasn't snoring, so I knew he wasn't serious. I poked him with my sign. Try this next time, Dad. He blinked, rubbed his eyes, and took the sign from me. For a long time, he just stared at it. Great job, he finally said. I like the mustache on the trout. Nice touch. Just FYI, rather has an E, and I... Oh, never mind. It's great, kiddo. Thanks. If it gets wet, you can grab some more cardboard, and I'll make you a new one. My dad set the sign down gently on the passenger seat. Then he opened the door and stepped outside. It was misty. Leaves were shiny and dripping. Mom says she's only seen my dad cry three times when they got married and when Robin and I were born. I watched my dad lean against the hood of our car and cover his eyes with his hand. His face was damp, but I told myself it was probably just the rain.